2: This is Medjinomics with a friend of Megagoria,
3: And you are listening to Medjinomics with a friend of Megagoria broadcasting here from Caritas of Birmingham in Alabama, the voice of Mejigoria for the world. When we prayed the Patriotic Rosary earlier this week, we shared with you an excerpt from Chapter 17 of the book, Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping. And people have asked that we replay that so that they can be heard again. And so for today's broadcast for Medjinomics, we're going to begin By sharing with you the excerpt from chapter 17 titled Seize the Moment. And then a friend of Medjugor will follow and bring everything into perspective for today. And so this is an excerpt of chapter 17 from the book Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping titled Seize the Moment.
4: We cannot know God's ways in which He chooses to restore a people, but we can look at some seize the moments God has granted. In Tennessee, at the end of 1945, 3,000 battle-hardened veterans returned to McMinn County, located between Chattanooga and Knoxville in the eastern part of the state. They were shocked and angered by what they found. Their county and towns were completely corrupted, with bribes common throughout the police and sheriff's department and among the political figures, along with many other illegal activities, and an entrenched political machine that openly practiced fraud that resulted in the stealing of elections. The machine guaranteed the re-election of the controlling political party and their hold on power in the years of 1940, 42 and 44 in the county. Just before the 1946 elections, A G.I. in a speech at a rally opposing the political machine said, "...the principles that we fought for in this past war do not exist in McMinn County." 159 G.I.s of McMinn County petitioned the FBI to send election monitors, as well as the Justice Department to investigate the 1940, 42 and 44 elections for fraud. Their repeated requests were ignored the G.I.s decided to run for office on a non-partisan ticket to rid the county of corruption. Sheriff Mansfield, part of the political mob machine, brought in 200 armed deputies on the day of the election to intimidate the voters, which included beating some of them with brass knuckles. The primary election was held on Thursday, August 1st, 1946, and when G.I. poll watchers showed up, they were immediately beaten by the deputies. As the day wore on, force and intimidation continued. When deputies shot one voter in the back for casting the wrong vote, resolve in the crowd began to rapidly swell. Because of the brutalities and because the GIs were refused the right to watch the ballots being cast, tensions increased. At 4.45 p.m., A thousand people had gathered across the street of the 11th Precinct. The crowd was made up of many men who had just liberated Europe and the South Pacific from two of the most powerfully corrupt war machines in human history. Those who fought in the war that had liberated other lands now faced having to live under intolerable oppressive conditions themselves they decided that by no means were they going to live under tyranny in their own homeland. As two of the political machine's armed guards arrogantly came toward the crowd to intimidate them and ready to shoot, the G.I.s, without any weapons, rushed them before they could shoot a target and put them under guard at a tire shop near the center of town. By 5.10 p.m., when one of the precincts closed early in an illegal move to stop votes being cast, the crowd rapidly grew to literally several thousand, mostly men, strung along a three-block area. Threats to kill some of the crowd were made by another two officers who were also overcome by the crowd and added to the other two under guard. Then three more deputies came, And again, the immediate reaction of the crowd was a defensive move to overcome them, placing them also into the tire store under guard. The citizens disarmed and arrested a total of seven deputies. By 6.35 p.m., the sheriff's men, assisted by state highway patrol and city police, took the ballot box to the McMinn County Jail. They were equipped with high-powered rifles and several hundred pistols on display. Earlier in the day, one veteran soldier said, over there we had something to fight back with. Another said, we haven't got a chance with this Gestapo. Keys were obtained to the National Guard and State Guard armories, and weapons and ammo were borrowed by the GIs. By 8.45 p.m., A revolutionary army of 500 armed and battle-experienced GIs, with a few M1s and other weapons, converged on the jail. Seventy-five deputies had barricaded themselves inside the jail with the ballot box and three GI hostages. Meanwhile, the army of GIs posted themselves at ground level across the street, on the roof of the power company, and on nearby buildings. At 9 p.m., the full-fledged Battle of Athens began. Ralph Duggan, a former Navy lieutenant commander and a leader of the veteran G.I.s, said, The crowd of G.I.s was met by gunfire, and because they had promised that the ballots would be counted as cast, they, the G.I.s, had no choice but to meet fire with fire. The G.I.s fired back at them, making a full-fledged shooting assault on the heavily fortified jail, which held the deputies and three G.I. poll watchers they had taken as prisoners. Heavy shooting continued, and between 11 p.m. until 12.40 a.m., thousands of rounds were exchanged. The soldiers were pouring lead into every opening in the brick jail. G.I.s cut phone lines to the jail. By the wee hours of Friday morning, 2 a.m. on August 2nd, Deputies said they would kill the three GI hostages in the jail if the army of GIs didn't stop shooting. The GIs, in turn, issued an ultimatum to surrender and come out with hands up. There was no compliance to the demands of the GIs. So in an effort to press for a victory, they made makeshift bombs and dynamited the jail. After the fourth blast, the deputies began to yell they wanted to surrender. As officers filed out, they were understandably roughly searched, disarmed, and then marched back into the jail cells and locked up. By sunrise, 4 a.m., the battle was over, and as the light of day burst forth, a war zone materialized with cars upside down, smashed and burned, and the bullet-scarred jail, clearly visible alongside other buildings caught in the crossfire, telling of the previous night's Battle of Athens. By 10 a.m. Friday, the G.I.s were patrolling the streets and order was established. With the G.I.s in complete control, the deputies were released from jail. By 4 p.m. on Saturday, a three-man commission was elected and set up a government framework. At 9 p.m. on Saturday, August 3rd, 1,500 citizens converged on Athens with firearms to back the new government. Telephone calls came in from neighboring cities, pledging aid if needed in defense of their town. As a result of the Battle of Athens, the new nonpartisan government restored order, cleaned up their county, and peace ensued. In the congressional record in Washington, D.C., Rep. John Jennings Jr. from Tennessee justified the revolution, saying, The Justice Department's repeated failure to help the McMinn County residents led to the actions of the citizenry, adding, At long last, decency and honesty, liberty and law have returned to the fine county of McMinn County. Water cannot stay water once it passes 212 degrees it changes to steam. The townspeople of the county had taken their town back by we the people, as the Declaration of Independence declares, whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government. When a long train of abuses, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. This was the legal grounds for such action 230 years ago in the birth of our nation. It was the legal grounds in the Battle of Athens in 1946, and it is the legal grounds for our time today.
3: And that was from chapter 17 of the book, Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping by a Friend of Medjugorje. That chapter was titled, Seize the Moment. And so now we're going to go to a friend of Medjugorje. And this is from the April 2013 New Communities Convention here at Caritas. Now we played a portion of this when we prayed the Patriotic Rosary with you earlier this week. This is the more expanded version of what a friend of Medjugorje said. And he goes into more detail about fighting, and martyrdom. Now following what you're about to hear, a friend of Medjugorje is going to take all of these things that we're hearing right now and he's going to bring them to today so that we understand all of these things in the context of the events which are happening right now in our world. And so this is a friend of Medjugorje from April 2013.
5: So what does it mean when she says be my apostles? It means that you have a responsibility to carry from what you learned here is upon your shoulders because she has nobody else. And she said another message, I can do nothing without you. So grave is the responsibility. Grave will be our judgment because of what we know and those who are out there don't know. Where are we going? I don't know. Let the situation develop. But you got to truck out. You got to start. She says, set out to the future. Meaning, you might have to leave what you're doing. And I don't mean your spouse. I mean the way you've been doing what you're doing. Do it right. Do it united. I don't care where I go or where this leads, but one thing I do care about is that I'll go anywhere Our Lady leads me to. And this is where she led me, back to my own home place. As I said the other day, I never felt called to live in Medjugorje, but to make my home Medjugorje. And so it is community starts just that way. I won't run from the bullets fired at me, I won't rest in those arms that might embrace me to find comfort, to avoid things that may be not pleasant and seek those things that would make these things go away. Run into the ambush. Don't try to avoid every little controversy or those who may try to make controversial things out of what you do and what you believe and what you say in your witness. I will hush and you can't make me hush. Many of you know that. You need to be the same way. You need to be that kind of witness. I love when they hate me. I was with the Frenchman in Medjugorje one time, and somebody did me a real dirty thing, and he asked me what I'm going to do. I said, I'm going to kill him with love. And I did. And I've done this over and over and over and win, never losing a battle, no matter how much hatred spewed at me. Because I really do want My worst enemies to see the light of heaven. As Jacob said, if you saw hell, you would not want the worst enemy of the world, not just yourself, to ever go there. It's that bad. We can go in darkness, it can be thrown at us, but we won't change. People can try to break us, but we're unbendable. Be iron. Oh, be compassionate, be merciful. But be unmovable to the will of God. All right, these messages aren't just words on paper. They're life and the future life. Because one thing, bottom line, in the end, Our Lady has said it, despite all the PC stuff, the political correctness, being equal with Mohammed, being equal with Hinduism, yoga, everything... Our Lady said it real clearly. There is no future without Him. Who is Him? A capital H. Her Son, Jesus Christ. You have no future without Jesus. When I hear that, when I see that, when I read that, and when I pray about that, I realize I don't have to give equal play and fail with the Muslim or the atheist or anybody else to put their prophets or whoever they have on the same standing as our law. I preserve that only for Christ because this is a Christian nation. I won't back down. You can chase me with bullets. You can kill me. But somebody replaced me with the same way. They've done it for 2,000 years and it's time we continue to do this. Are you willing to do that? We don't have the fiber the early Christians had. But that's what the message is about. The point is back to the Savior. Who He really is. And you want to yoke with those people. We don't need large numbers. We need... Adam's irate small minority, not a majority, willing to set the minds of men on fire. And we've got the power and we've got the fire, and if we have the prayer life and we have holiness, nothing can stop us. Nothing. And they can spill our blood, and it's a seed for the future martyrs who will replace us. Our lady's told us she's here. I help usher in a springtime for the church. You think it's going to happen without some kind of wave of grace that sweeps the heart of people across the world? We're going to see that. We may see it from heaven with our blood being spilled, but we're going to see this. This is coming. We've fallen as a church worldwide. Christianity is on the decline. People are in our face with their sins. You're going to accept me. And then even pass it in a law because we're a weak, stupid Christian. We've got to get this back. Don't think you're going to do it without prayer groups. Don't think you're not going to get it without joining each other. So how do we start this? You pray it, and what happens? They'll come. You build it, they come. Build a community of prayer. It will happen. At least, said it in the field. Form and make prayer groups through which we will pray for your healing and the healing of this nation to draw closer to God. And to me. She's not the deity. She's not speaking in the form because if you come to her, she steps aside and there's her son. How do we accomplish this? And it's really what they accomplished is through education. Look where you are and following these writings for years, some of you 15, 20 years. All the materials is here for that. You just have a library at this place here. And you start in your own area, start doing things, the people you get interested. So education is a thing. You've been there, you've done it, you go back and the seeds to do the same thing. Just start getting your prayer groups, that's where it happens. It's the polling factor I talked about the other day. John Paul goes and speaks, five million people show up, this guy's from the other side of Poland, this guy's from the other side of Poland, they're next to each other, and they start grumbling about this, the next thing you know, one realizes the other hates communism. Communism around the world began to fall from Poland. The spark that Sister Faustina talked about—now Saint Faustina—would ignite the world. John Paul, with him and Ronald Reagan, the behind-the-scenes look what happened when seven goes into those things, and it began at that point when people connected, and that's what this is about: just connected, get away from other, divide from it, but connect, just like a cell, and then we divide to the next person with the seed. Our Lady told us, reflect on your future. If we want to reflect on our future, we have to reflect on our origins as a nation. Our homeland, where we come from, where we're going, and the pioneers we're called to be today as apostles to change the world. This nation is to lead the world. Pope Benedict called upon America to be the evangelizers of the whole world that with our founding documents and who we are as a people, that we can do it. April 2012, the pronuncio said, it's the express wish of the Holy Father that the United States, America, will be the leaders of the evangelization of the world. And Satan knows this. And that's why this nation has to come down for the rest of the world to be lost. Everything is on the shoulders of your heart. Don't think... Don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit to act in you, through you, especially first as a witness. And to be a witness is to be martyred daily, into the years, until your last breath. Can you do it? No. But with a yes, you can use Jesus' strength to do that. And that's what she's come to present to you. As I bore Jesus in my womb, she said, I wish to bear you into holiness. That is your power. That is your strength. Nobody else. Jesus Christ himself. And she's just come simply to remind us of who he is. And she knew him best. And she wants your loyalty not for her but to bring you closer to him. And so it is in these next moments. You think about her words. Not even a year ago on this ground, form and make prayer groups through which we will pray for your healing and the healing of this nation to draw closer to God and to me. The me is only here to bring you to him. Who do you want to be, the all who give some or the some who give all? It's decision time.
2: This is a friend of Medjugorje you are listening to, sharing very convicting words. In just one moment, a friend of Medjugorje will join us in the studio to bring everything you are hearing to the light of the events of today. First, we want to thank all those who, through their generosity, make today's broadcast available, as well as many other projects of conversion. Your generous gifts allow us to help many individuals in need, families who are torn by strife, marriages in trouble, as well as priests and clergy to renew their vocations to the people of God and many other spiritual works. Thank you. We continue to rely upon your help to continue these important works. For all those who call in or visit medj.com and make a tax-deductible donation of any amount, a friend of Medjugorje will gladly send you one free copy of the CD titled Seize the Moment, which contains part of the story you heard today. You can call Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. When calling in or making your generous donation online, please mention today's broadcast and the CD number CD105DEMO. That's CD105DEMO. Now, here is a friend of Mejigoria sharing how we are to apply what we have heard today.
5: So now we address things at the present. We have many people talking about fights and the things and the attacks that's taking place. We just had Antifa attack people in Oregon. Another group had been there. Antifa shows up with brass knuckles, all kind of paraphernalia for fighting. And they attack this group. But you don't get the truth from the media, and you never will. So they justify the media does, Antifa, when they attacked them, that they attacked Nazis and white supremacists. This is a lie. These people are not Nazis. They were not white supremacists. And you can go back to where the statues were taken down. There were people concerned for the statues going down. They were not white supremacists. So every time Antifa does something, they're never looked upon by the media as perpetrators. And they justify them because they're white supremacists. They are not. When I heard it, it wasn't true. And when I've heard it in the past, I knew it wasn't true. They label that to justify this. So what does that bring us with the Battle of Athens? It was miraculous. There were thousands of rounds shot there and not one person was killed. They seized the moment, not out of vengeance, not wanting to take over, but there was so much corruption that these GIs came back to they were forced in a corner to do this. And the anti Antifa groups out there is going to push us in a corner. And you heard what I said previously, you're going to be called to be martyred. But that's not what God's calling right now. God's given us to seize the moment. And what we need to understand what happened in Oregon is there's a right to fight back. And in the Battle of Athens, the only way they could do that was not to have a revolution, but to arrest all the sheriffs, which they did. They took over the town. They had this battle, incredible battle, but when it was over, they brought control, they released the sheriffs, which is a sign they went out to do something corrupt. Their aim was to crush the corruption, and it did, and it worked. What does this teach us? It teaches us how to win every battle, and it's to kill people with love, and you always want the salvation of your enemy. If you have those high standards and those high principles, we may be in fights, we may be in a revolution. It's Thomas Jefferson who said we need a revolution every 25 years, which could be interpreted that government gravitates toward oppression. And it's up to we, the people, to correct it. Athens was corrected. They had an election within 24 hours, I think, was the time frame. And it's an incredible example of God giving us seize the moment. So we're in special moments, great moments. And we're being pushed into battle. We're not to be pacifists. We have to take the seize the moment, just like in Athens. And when it comes up that we can correct things, we do it. There's justification for a battle by what Jesus did with the whip in the temple, beating them, the people, and the animals, and turning their money tables over. Am I calling us to arms? No, I'm saying be watchful, realize there's a separation taking place. That separation is coming from God to align one side to his side. We're the sinners, and we can't claim that we're justified, God's on our side, unless we are sinners, and we need repentance, and we see these things, and we're in prayer. We just went through the battle, a brick Kavanaugh, and it was nothing less than a war. And yet, we have to love. And with that, I end this, that you possess this first as your motivation for correction and the love of enemies to come to conversion. And then you will do what Our Lady says. You have to have love for your neighbor, even if he's an enemy. And then by doing so, you will recognize the sign of this time. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye.